Welcome back to another service here of the Altar of Noise. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my fellow music believer, Simon. Simon, how are you today, mate? I'm good, thank you, Josh. How are you? Look, you know what? Um, can complain, but I won't. Um, <laughs> it's been a hectic last couple of weeks at work. Uh, one of the managers has been away and so I've been doing a lot of closes and feeling a bit tired, but he's back this week. So um, I'm able to do a couple of day shifts. I'm not finishing up at midnight every night. I can finish at like nine, nice. which is still early in hospitality. Yep. But uh, looking forward to, you know, having a little bit of extra freedom at night time. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I can't complain. Yeah. Took the family on a little staycation on yep. the weekend. Uh, went to Caravan Park, had a cabin, let the rugrats run around for two days straight. So, yeah, it was good. Were they knackered by the end of it? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work. (laughs) So, I don't don't know what to do now. Um, But, yeah, no, they had fun at least and they behaved themselves. So that's all you can ask for, really. Yeah. You go away and the the kids actually behave. That's, you know, miracles do happen. Miracles do happen. (laughs) It it probably helped that uh, in the cabin they had Netflix so we could uh, throw on Peter Rabbit. <laughs> oh, when they started to to get a bit rowdy, yeah, might have, might have been keen on Captain Underpants lately. Oh, okay. Not just the books, but they've got a TV series. Yep. And look, tell you what, it's not terrible. Yeah. I don't mind watching it. Yeah. I mean, um, Peter Rabbit was fine the first time, but <laughs> don't know about the hundred eighty third. Um. Righto. Well, what we're going to do today is we're going to have a chat about our first. Ooh, first loves. Well. Depends on how depressed we want to get, you know. <laughs> if we want to really bring up those certain moments, you know, first love, first kiss, first time we remember throwing up in a hedge and having to get our parents to collect us, you know. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, there's a good reason. There's a good reason for that. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> but so what we're going to do is obviously talk about it in a context of music. Yeah. Because like growing up from as early as we look back, we've both had music in our lives. And now it's just kind of pinpointing what were some of those key first moments. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you get to learn a little bit about us as well. And yeah, I, as I was kind of reminiscing about all the firsts, um, you can kind of see, well, I could kind of see how I got to where I am today in my music taste as well. Yeah. Um, like we just discussed software with my first ever single that I received. So, And what was that single? We'll kick it off. Yeah, let's kick it off. What kick was your first off. single there, My Simon? My first ever single was the cassette single of Polyester Girl by Regurgitator. Uh, it was, I got it for Christmas, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that came out in 97. So I must have got it Christmas in 97. Um, and yeah, I wasn't even really into music. I just listened to the radio and that was about it. Yeah. Um, and my dad and my stepmom at the time got it for me for Christmas. Why? I, I'm not sure. 
Uh, I don't think either of them knew that it was a love song about a blow-up doll. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I I mean, I loved the song. So um, I guess I started getting into weird alternative stuff pretty young. I would have been about nine. So, And this comes from your dad that, you know, enjoys Elvis and the classics. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> he, he likes the classics as in he likes Elvis and he likes the Beatles. Yeah. Then it drops, like, then there's a huge drop yeah. to the Justin Bieber of the time, Justin Bieber's, and he listens to things that you and I don't even know the 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 singers' names. Yeah. And they have, like, these really weird gimmicky songs about, like, uh, no milk today, my lover's gone oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> who sings that? No one knows. No it's a gimmicky song. They're all gimmicky songs, and yeah. he loves it. Yeah. So. But he still decided to give you, I guess. Polyester Girl. Yeah, go when, figure. When you look at that, yeah, Polyester Girl, that's kind of a gimmicky sounding name. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. It is a gimmicky song, yeah. I guess, but. It's a banger of a tune, and Regurgitated are completely underrated. I uh, Personally, oh, yeah. I think they're underrated. I think they kind of get forgotten in, like, the echelon of like Australian music. Yeah, they do. And it's like the, really sad. Yeah. And like you look at that thing, Band in the Bubble. That was That's awesome. That DVD, I've got that DVD. Did, I reckon you may have watched it with me at um, when I was living with our friend Tom. I reckon I remember watching it live because back in the day. Oh, we, yeah, on Channel V. Channel V. Yeah, back in the Channel day, v, uh, had, um, had the Channel V and had Foxtel and the early incarnations yeah, yeah. of it all. And. I remember watching it and I was like, this is weird but awesome. It was, yeah, it was amazing, an amazing idea. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, a cassette, which I believe I still own. If I do, I'll take a photo of it <laughs> and I'll put it up. But, uh, yeah. I mean, so for myself, I I really kind of came into, a lo- like a lot of my music taste and all that kind of came late. And like early music knowledge I have, I didn't really have a huge amount of singles. Like I got cassettes as as a kid but they were like you know peter coombs oh yeah awesome yeah once again banger yeah um like the earliest single i can ever kind of remember getting is um 28 days rip it up yep great song yeah For, for 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 the time great song yeah i mean it's still a banging song yeah yeah i mean Time hasn't ruined it. it do, I mean, it does sound of the time, but oh, absolutely, great song. Yeah, and like I kind of remember hearing that and kind of not really knowing what it was, but I was, I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is upbeat. This is kind of fun and what I want. But mm. I was, um, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Twenty Eight Days hasn't really stuck with me in my constant repeat of playlists. <laughs> but still, you like you look at it. I'm like, I look at that. I was like, oh, that didn't really set me up to where I end up leading, but. It's still the earliest memory of having a single, yeah, in my, as part of my collection, yeah. like one of the earliest collection uh, that I have. I mean, you do listen to some new metal, yeah, and that was a rap rock, yeah, lent more on the rap, but I mean that's a killer guitar riff, yeah. So yeah, yeah, there is a bit of a line through there. <laughs> what about yourself? Um, moving from a single to an album, what's the first album that you actually? remember physically buying first album i remember buying was the living ends debut ah uh, yeah yeah so self-titled isn't it yeah 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 um i'm not sure why i bought that album i must have heard 
prisoner of society and just <laughs> went, I need to have that. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not a massive punk fan overall, really. Um, I mean, I do obviously like some punk, but even then, I'll, it wasn't like I went from punk into hard rock, rock yeah, metal. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure why, but that album has stuck with me. When I think, when people ask, you know, what's your favourite 10 Australian albums, that one always is one of the first ones I think of. I think it has a lot of, um, that album itself had legs. Mm. Like it still to this day, it's got some absolutely great tunes on it. And then, you know, Living End became what they became and kind of a little bit more radio-y. Yeah. But, you know, and that's fine for what it is. But like you look at that album just as itself, you're like, wow, this is actually still pretty fucking good. Mm. And just the sound, like the sound and the production of the album, it sounds incredible. And they haven't made an album that sounds like that since. Yeah. They, um, they sound, their sound changed after just the one album. Yeah. And it's really sad because it, it, it really is a timeless sounding album. Like, yeah. And the storytelling on it with like West End Roy and Second Solution, like it's just a very, very good album. Yeah. So, um, and then you move into something like, you know, a white noise and you're like, ah, yeah, I mean, can't guys. I know you can, you wouldn't mind like, it's like kind of like, uh, the Australian version of like Green Day. Green Day had yeah, this. Yeah, but nowhere near as bad. Yeah. What Green Day became. Yeah. 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 I, I think Living End's. Like some of Living End's new stuff is okay, like yeah. it's fine, but Green Day's last fuck knows how many albums <laughs> is uh, essentially since uh, American Idiot that album. Yeah, that was the kind of like the petering on the edge. You're like, oh, what are you doing, guys? Uh, yeah, and then nah. all kind of went. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, uh, how about yourself? What's your first album that you bought? First album that I really remember purchasing and was actually um, Cakes. Comfort Eagle. Oh, I absolutely... Like, again, not really having a huge amount of music knowledge. Um, like Music wasn't huge in our house. Kind of, Mum and Dad had taste, but like I didn't really, wasn't really that interested in it. And then kind of we were on a road trip to... We were driving from Adelaide to Sydney, um, me and my two brothers, Mum and Dad, and we stopped in... I want to say in Wagga yep. and went into the record store. So it was actually three CDs that I've kind of purchased in one, but like one of the, one of them was cakes, comfort Eagle. There was the avalanches since I left you. Mm. And the other one was Creed human clay. Okay. But cake was probably the first one. That like I think I got on the trip and that was, I was like, man, this is really fun. Yeah. I really enjoy what they do. Yeah. Um, And you kind of go back and then you look at their back catalog because this is the first time I've discovered cake and you look at things like Fashion Nugget, um, uh, of course, Going the Distance, mm. their cover of I Will Survive, um, yeah. <laughs> which I thoroughly enjoy playing on bass when I get a chance. <laughs> but like, I'm like, this Comfort Eagle itself, that album has like a stretch of like maybe six songs in a row that I can sing from start to finish because I just played it that much. I just loved it. Yeah. And I just, I love the tune. That kind of makes a line to where you are now. Easily, yeah. I think for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I loved, um, what they did in, um, like some of this in actually Jim and I, we, uh, my friend, our friend Jim and I, we talk 
a lot about cake and we actually used to back in the day when we played wow would actually do a lot of our leveling and all the grinding and all the boring stuff we would do it to cake because it's upbeat like it's generally generally happy music yeah but it's you know the guy's got a good voice the bass in it is a phenomenal bass yeah so i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah so with i suppose our cds we're at the point now where we've gotten our cds we've gotten our albums we're starting to form our music taste do you remember the first mixtape or mix cd that you ever either copied off the radio or burnt off a computer I mean, it was back in the day when everything was a mixtape or a mix CD. Yeah. So there's countless of them. Uh, I know there's one. There's one which my friend and I made that was called Execution of Innocence. <laughs> we named <laughs> it, and it was. Uh, yeah, that w- that was mainly all new metal yeah. stuff, but the er- like the first one or the earliest one I remember making was. Um, a cassette tape that I'd make at my that I made at my friend's house. So I stayed there on a Saturday night, and we stayed up late and listened to Three Hours of Power on Triple J, yep. which used to be the heavy metal show. So it would have been like ninety nine, two thousands ish. So we'd sit around with like the cassette in ready to record, <laughs> waiting, and then like we'd slam down the record button if it was a band we knew. Or if the opening, like, two seconds was cool. Yeah. So it was actually pretty cool because I discovered a lot of music through that. So, um, like, things that I found were um, Soulfly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, I knew Sepultura, but I didn't really know Soulfly because when he went over to Soulfly, there was some backlash by some people because it was yeah. more, like, new metally and a bit less tribally and... Um, so yeah, like I remember on that, on that cassette, I remember there being Soulfly, cannot remember what song. I remember there being Tommy Lee's Methods of Mayhem (laughs) and the song Get Naked (laughs) for anyone who knows that song. I think it's got Fred Durst in it and I want to say Little Kim. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was someone like that. It was a female rapper. I think it was Little Kim. It's like, good, no good. It's just, it's, it's a bad song now that I think about it. I remember it having... Yeah, but at the time. At the time, it was probably a banger. <laughs> um, uh, there was a corn song. I think it was Somebody, Someone. Mm. And I remember having Testify by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, good song. Yeah. And then, so that filled about half the cassette. And then on the other half, or for the rest of it, I actually filled it with um, commercial radio stuff. Oh, yeah. So it was like Matchbox 20, Offspring, <laughs> Silverchair, um, just kind of like all the, the more softer rock stuff which commercial radio stations used to play. Yeah. Um, so it was a proper mixtape. It was a, you know, a mishmash of heavy and soft, but that's probably the earliest one I remember making. I, um, I did something slightly different. I, again, going back to the day of early Channel V, mm-hmm. I made a mixed VHS. Oh, uh, yeah. I made a couple of them. Yeah. Um, some of the earliest songs I can remember were um, Chop Suey by System of a Down. Yeah. Uh, Boom by P.O.D. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Ready or not, here's the boys from the South. 
Um, it was a great and like Channel V back then they would they were great. Yeah, and they, they it was a really good channel. And they had a kind of like uh it was a certain time frame like every day that these particular ones would come on. So I'd sit there with the VHS ready to record it and then as soon as that finished before the advert could like you could because I was starting to put the graphics up on the TV like oh they're about to change it, let's pause it now. Um but also at the same time I also tried to do it with a cassette in on my radio in my room. I would get stuff from uh, 3D Radio. Yep. Here in Adelaide. Yeah. Yep. Um, Shout out to Clint. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, 3D Radio, who are coming up on their 50th anniversary. Yeah. Phenomenal job that a, you know, community radio station yeah. um, can survive for 50 years. Phenomenal. Um, but I would record a little bit off of there, a little bit off of uh, SAFM. Yeah. Um, which Triple J, is, which was Triple M now, is that? No, no, SAFM was always been 107.1. Oh, was it 107? Yeah, because uh, that was Triple M. Because Triple M was something. 102.3. No, that was Mix. That was Mix. It doesn't matter. Anyway, SAFM, I remember, used to play rock. Yeah, well. yeah. Um, yeah. So SAFM would be, yeah, that was, and that's what also I would listen to on my drive time. Yeah. Into school, that would be on in the car. Um, but yeah, I make this hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah. So you'd have some heavy stuff from 3D some commercial stuff, you know, stuff that I wouldn't necessarily listen to now. Yeah. But like back then I was like, I just want some music. Yeah. This is what I'm going to make. Yeah. And then, you know, we both kind of, I don't want to say grew up, but we, you know, moved into the world of technology and CDs. Yeah. And I would have CD wallets like filled yeah. with mixed CDs. And, and I would always <laughs> have great names. <laughs> I had this method when I would make these mixed CDs. I would get sound clips from like TV shows or something and they would have like <laughs> intros and there'd be a yeah. midway point. Um, so one of them would be like, you know, uh, a Simpsons reference at the start and then yeah. the midway point would be another Simpsons re- reference. Or you'd use a song f- that is an intermission song like Intermission by Offspring. Yeah. We had that on the uh, execution of Innocence. We had the... Um, Oh, the rap from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Noish, noish. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, but it's like you, you're making these CDs and these cassettes and you're thinking you're like the next kind of like DJ out there. You're, you're creating this amazing album that nobody really understands because you're the one who's kind of put it together. You've yeah. created this, formed this idea. And like you look better now and you're just like, my God. Yeah. This is kind of not trash, but it's just like, I thought I was cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only difference now is that it's a playlist, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you had that playlist for New Zealand when we went over there and that was a mishmash of genres. Oh, is that the one that we had? Mark? Yeah, the bang, nah, the bangers and mash. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. My bangers and mash CD is, uh, playlist is complete hodgepodge. Yeah. Um, I, li- I like them <laughs> like that. I mean, I like ones which are like... Uh, so we've got like, obviously we've got a kid's one, which has Peter Coombe, we yeah. songs. Then you've got, I've got a family one. So then when we're having barbecues, it's like, you know, stuff, everyone's pretty much gonna like, yeah. kind of like Oasis and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I've got like a million hodgepodge ones, which <laughs> all make sense in my mind. Yeah. But if you listen to them, they're just all over the shop. <laughs> They'll go from like Dua Lipa to the ocean in <laughs> on shuffle so yeah mine go from things like um 
you know, Slipknot and Slayer to um, Sarah Blasco. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah, that, but, but that, they, they're both really good and I like them. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense in my mind. So we've, we've created these mixtapes. We've got this idea in our head about music. Now, did you ever go, did you go to a festival first or a concert first? I went to a concert first. And what was that concert? Um, if we're, cause I know I've seen some local bands play back in Mount Gambier, which I don't really remember who or where, but I know I went to a couple. But would you call a pub gig a concert? Yeah. But the first concert concert I went mm. to was Drowning Pool. Ah, uh, yes. When they, yes, yeah, when yeah. once again, Channel V bring yep. out the goods. They used to have the, uh, for those who don't know, they used to have a thing called the Channel V bus. Yeah. Or live like music bus or something yeah, like that. yeah. And they would go to rural towns across Australia kind and just bring a massive band. Kind of like the... Um, kind of like One, one Night Stand. stand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they'd only bring one band. Yep. Um, and our little town of Mount Gambia got chosen. And <laughs> I remember sitting there with my mate and they were like announcing it. And they like announced it was Mount Gambia. And we we're like, oh, that, that'd kind of be cool, but it'll probably be someone's shit. Yeah. And then they were like, it's Drowning Pool because it was... Between the Melbourne and Adelaide leg of the big day out. Yeah. So it was obviously easy for them to detour to Mount Gambia. Yeah. And yeah, they they drowning pool were at least the hottest new metal band at that point. Yeah. Having just released Bodies. Yeah, just that, released that, that, that album single. Sinner. Yeah. Um and we just freaked out. Um I ended up going with a different friend and um yeah, got all. I got my phone, my mobile phone signed. I got a <laughs> postcard signed because they were handing out postcards to to sign. And yep. um, then we ran down to the local CD store, bought Sinner, ran back, got Sinner signed. So I had, I've got all this shit signed. Um, yeah, it was good. Ended up the whole set. I think most of the set or the whole set ended up being on their DVD. Yeah. Um. If you pause it, there's one frame where you can see my tall friend and I'm like <laughs> hidden behind people because I'm tiny. Yeah, but that's like the story of your life. Yeah. Just hidden behind tall people. Yeah. I mean, I'm not much taller than you, but... People can hear me, but they just can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, as far as like an actual proper yeah. first concert goes, it was incredible because it was free as well. Yeah. And, you know, I got dropped off by my friend's mum and got picked up like it was so yeah it was it was pretty good how about yours did you what was well i think i know what your first festival was so what was your first first concert first concert first concert peter coombs spooky uh sir robert helman theater uh sir robert helman he went to the gambia yeah awesome of course he would he's a legend uh no look so uh outside of that what probably 2006 uh placebo in oh, Melbourne. It's not a bad first gig. Yeah, uh, they were supported by a band called Howling Bells as well. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah, I I remember being there with um, a couple of friends of mine uh, from from who I went to school with in Hamilton, Victoria. Lived in Melbourne, so I was in Bendigo. You know, met them up in Melbourne, went and saw this gig out in North Melbourne. And where did they play? Do you remember the venue? I remember being kind of smallish, um, not too far up from 2006 from the, um, 
So it was around the time of um, meds. Yeah, I was going to say that's about meds. Isn't yeah. Um, I thought they would have played somewhere bigger for that. See, I, that I, I don't... Cycle. I mean, this is this could be just me, my memory. Because, you know, this is 14 years ago. I'm going to look up while you speak. Um, but it was this cool little venue. And then, yeah, Howling Bells were playing. I had no idea who the support act was. But this... The lead singer comes out and this uh, female, I think it's her name is Juanita or something like that. She comes out and I was like, you are the most beautiful human I have ever seen in my life. And then they started singing. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, I was really digging there. It was just like kind of really beautiful vocals, not a, just a nice clean sound. And then, yeah, Placebo came out and started with meds, you know, um, Brian strumming his guitar. Sorry, I was just saying good song. Yeah. Um, and then just proceeded to play absolute banger after banger. And I loved it. Um, proceeded to go out after that and have a very messy night. But, you know, you can when you're in Melbourne. They played Festival Hall. Festival Hall. Okay. Festival Hall. Friday the 15th of September. That sounds all about right. Well. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you've you've just checked it up on the internet, so I know that it's right. But I'm just like... I'm trying to piece it in my head because, yeah. like, you know, years and years ago. But, yeah, it was awesome first concert, really. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have been. I've I've only seen Placebo. <laughs> so I've seen them once and a half, one and a half times because they rocked up really late for a set at Soundwave. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> fucked. And then I just walked off. <laughs> And the other time, they were amazing, but it was the only time I've ever been attacked at a concert. Was that at a single concert? No, that was, was, that that was another good. festival. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's the only time I've actually got into a fight at a, at a show. Now, I assume both of us was the same first festival? Same first festival. Yeah. Big day out, 2004. Yep. Headlined by Metallica, Black Eyed Peas, Hoodoo Gurus, The Strokes. Lost Profits, Blood Duster, Poison the Well, Thursday, Butterfly Effect, Tidal, uh, Basement, no, Chemical Brothers or Basement Jacks, Chemical Brothers, Brothers, I think. Yeah. Carl Cox, The Darkness, Muse, The Datsuns, (laughs) Something for Kate. Yeah. What a festival. That's not a bad way to be introduced to a fuck ton of music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I, I, I again went with, so we would have been underage at that point. Yeah. So I went, I had to go, it was me and Jim and his older sister. She was kind of like our chaperone. Yep. Um, but this is also back in the time where the rules were a bit more relaxed than what they end up becoming. I think it changed maybe the next year. But I still remember to this day being... Uh, seeing Black Eyed Peas, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Black Eyed Peas, but going yep. along because that's what Jim's sister wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially being surrounded by joint, 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 <laughs> bong in front of us. I'm just like, wow, we are getting contacts high here. <laughs> and then walking through to the bathrooms near, because this is at the showgrounds. The Adelaide showgrounds, yeah. Adelaide showgrounds and walking into um, like the Jubilee Pavilion toilets. And there's a guy with almost like a metre long bong in the toilet. <laughs> and I'm just like, the hell is going on here? Yes. But this is again, our first festival. Yeah. And then later that night, getting picked up by Jim's parents. And they're just like, you smell disgusting. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I've also had beer spilled on me. I was like, this is, 
but but I saw Metallica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so after that drowning pool experience and watching the big day outs on Channel V, mm. once again, Channel V has played a, a big part of my musical journey. Um, uh, they used to do a thing called Big Day In where they would, yeah. they would show the Sydney Big Day Out live or kind of close to live. Yeah. And, you know, in the years before 2004, they had uh, Mudvayne, obviously Drowning Pool, uh, not System of a Down. I remember, I remember seeing Queens of the Stone Age on one of Queens those. Queens of the Stone Age, Marilyn Manson, yeah. Foo Fighters, Corn. So I was watching Big Day Out for a number of years going, I, I need to go. Like that is our... That was our generation and probably the generation a bit older than us. Mm. That was our, um, uh, I don't know how to word it. That was that generation's kind of cultural gathering. Yeah. I think. I think people underestimate how important Big Dad is to Australia's music scene. I think also about part of that is because... We, towards the, obviously, the tail end of Big Day Out, it started to really split uh, splinter into different types of festivals. Like, we got saturated with festivals for a while there. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of EDM festivals. Um, Soundwave. Soundwave. Um, uh, then you had the creation of, um, yeah, there was Falls and, uh, what's that other? Splendor. They all kind of started to splint, splinter out. Mm. But, like, Big Day Out was, like, that melting point because, like, a melting pot because you had your heavy metal, you had your EDM, you had your alternative, you had pretty much everything. So there were so many different people there and mm. everyone, like, again, yeah, like you're saying, people kind of forget how important it was. And like you said, uh, so my friend and I were like, we, we need to go. And um, unlike yourself, <laughs> we went just us two. Mm. We stayed, we were living in Mount Gambier at the time. I came up. We both stayed with my dad. He dropped us off. He picked us up. Um, we were underage, so we couldn't obviously buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't really worried about that. But, um, yeah, we, my friend bought the Big Day Out compilation CD, which they used to bring out before yeah. the Big Day Out. And, you know, we were going for Metallica. That yeah. was it. That was really all we knew at the festival before he bought that CD. So we bought the CD and then we kind of like went, oh, wow, lost profits. I got burn, burn. Uh, Butterfly effects got one second of insanity. So we kind of like marked down these bands that we wanted to check out. Yeah. And then on top of that, like you said, I want to watch Black Eyed Peas as well. I was kind of a fan before because I liked their older stuff, which was more hip hop driven. Before Fergie. Before Fergie, but Fergie had only just joined the band. But they were incredible. They had a live band. uh, The guitarist singer from uh, The Darkness came out and done a solo over Let's Get... Let's get retarded. It used to be yeah. cool, but now it's let's get it just, started. Just let me look. It was it was black. Eye, it was Basement Jacks. It was Basement Jacks because they and, played. Where's your head at? And uh, Mars Volta were there. Yeah, and Mars Volta because I missed Mars Volta because I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Same with Muse. Spewing. <laughs> but luckily, I've seen them both. Oh, since. Like Kings of Leon were there. Yeah, that was when. Oh, don't get me started on Kings of Leon. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. A perfect circle cancelled. Yes, they did. 
Jerks. Uh, all right. All right. Um, so, how about I, I ask you one? Yeah, go for it, mate. So, when was uh, the first time you realised your taste was um, splintering from your friends? And what artist or album was it? So, around 2004, um, 2003, my family was moving from Adelaide to Mount Gambier. And we weren't too far away from moving from our Gambia to Bendigo. But around this time, you know, spending a lot of time hanging out with our mate Jim, um, a few other people, obviously all loved the heavy metal, like Jim Loves, Metallica, Black Sabbath, um, Led Zepp, all those classic rocks and all that. But I, years and years ago, remember getting Eiffel 65's Blue. And I was like, I like this. And then I got... Eiffel 65's album. You got the album. Europop. You got the album. I did. To this day, I reckon absolutely underrated techno album. I loved it. And that's kind of when I realised I kind of have an affinity for EDM. I really like that stuff. Yeah. And like my fam- like my f- my family, again, have a very, like, mum and dad... Like the, the cassettes in the car growing up with mum and dad were Meatloaf, John Farnham, Madonna, and a little bit of ELO. So essentially all the classics. Yeah. And Did you know that Meatloaf album is the most bought album in Australia of all time? In Australia? In Australia. It's Meatloaf and then seconds Johnny Farnham. I suppose that makes sense seeing as, you know, he ended up singing at the AFL Grand Final. and you know. Yeah, bought- but they're completely out of touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. <laughs> hey, they did have Birds of Tokyo play. Yeah, what? Well, they didn't headline, though. At the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, but yeah. they have a headline band. Yeah. Still. Right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I, I could get into that. I could Because I was there for that Grand Final, and I could say, hey, I love Birds of Tokyo. Shouldn't be playing at a Grand Final. Um. Anyway. But, like, so music wasn't a huge part of my kind of upbringing. upbringing. I kind of, kind of got a few, you know as I've kind of explained, picked up a few things here and there, mm. you know, kind of built my own thing. But like, yeah, it wasn't until I kind of, you know, started listening to that and then I uh, kind of discovered Chemical Brothers, Daft Punk, um, Basement Jacks. And I was like, I kind of really like this stuff. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still playing, like I'm at this time I'm starting to learn bass guitar and, you know, I'm playing, you know, corn. Yeah, I'm playing heavier stuff, which I enjoy playing, but I enjoy listening to EDM. So that was kind of like the point where I was just like, I am slightly different here, and mm. that's okay, because I'm getting enjoyment from it. So why shouldn't I? Yeah. What about yourself? Um. Well, I think one thing that's always stood me apart from my friends from you know my teenage years, because that's kind of what we're talking about. Where yeah that's kind of where we're at our peak of bringing in music and discovering, you know, what we like and what we don't like is I'll, I've always liked pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everyone likes some, some pop music. They might like a song here or there and stuff like that. But the fact that I always, always championed um, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Prince was another one. 
Um, but I think if I'm going to pinpoint like a, a kind of splinter point, it would be when I probably got into Muse because yes, one friend did show me Muse, but all my other friends were like, I, nah, I don't really <laughs> like it. You know, it's not, it's not heavy. He's not screaming. It's not, you know, there's, they, they didn't go, not that they didn't get it. It's just, I, you know, I was attracted to that kind of music. And then it started to splinter off into more progressive stuff and start to go into the Mars Volta's. Yeah. And then, you know, apart from that one friend who, who kind of opened my eyes to that, that world compared to all my other mates of the time, they were, you know, getting into heavier stuff. Like some of them are listening to fucking bands. I don't even know. With songs. You doing, you're talking about those ones that have the um uh the pile of sticks as a logo type. Yeah, yeah, bands. those ones. Those <laughs> <laughs> the pile of stick fans. Those ones. <laughs> yeah, that is the greatest <laughs> description yeah. of. Them. Um, <laughs> them, yeah. Anyway, yeah, and like you know, each to their own. That's awesome. Exactly. That's you know. I mean, one of uh, one of my coworkers, Dan, who listens to the pod, he likes those bands, and I've seen them scratched on the back of his shirts, and I was like. And like, he loves them. So I'm like, cool, awesome. But at the same time, it's a pile of sticks and they've just made a name out of it. All right, yeah. cool. So um, <laughs> that's kind of like where, where my shift is and I'm known as the prog snob out of our group of friends, which, I mean, to be honest, once once I crossed the threshold into prog, I was a prog snob and I, I like stopped listening to Metallica because mm. I was just like, nah, yeah. that, nah. That, that, it's, not, it's not creative enough. Yeah. And then you know, but then you then go back, you grow and old, and you're just like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck Dream Theater. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd never like Dream Theater. Don't uh, don't get carried away here. Yeah. They're shit. Yeah, but um, I don't really get them. But yeah, it was probably it, that. That's probably from if we're talking, you know, yeah. friendship groups. That's probably where my shift was. I think I think when you kind of just, one of the biggest things is when you discover different vocals. I've always found that when I find a new vocalist it kind of changes my perspective on things. Yeah. Like you look at that, you're listening to a lot of, not to say the same, but like uh, similar types of music and generally a, a similar voice in new metal. Yeah. Um, And then you get to someone like Matt Bellamy mm. and you're just like, holy shit, he sounds so different. And then you know, obviously um, lead singer from Mars Doctor. Cedric. Cedric, mm. completely different again. Mm. You're like, wow, this is different. Where else are these like, I generally find that the vocals will lead me to a different, um, a whole different genre, and that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our whole friendship group splintered, but yeah. like new metal is, you know, that that kind of new metal is where we we all started. Yeah, and it's then, not you like know, you've shunned it. Yeah, yeah. It's so like you know, my friend Steve kind of went metal and yeah. hard rock. Uh, another friend went the more screamo emo. Yeah, I had friends who went to the pile of stick bands. <laughs> you know, I went prog. But yeah. we, you know, when when someone like if we're all together and then fucking corn comes on or something, we're yeah, all yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like, the only yeah. time like we don't argue is like when new metal comes on. So, so yeah. And what about like? So we've gone through this journey. We've we're now at a point now where we're kind of li- creating our own tastes. We've gone to a few festivals. We've gone to a couple of concerts. 
when was the first time that you kind of discovered slash heard your what would be I guess your favorite artist? I was trying to think about this, and I've got like a like I guess everyone I've got a few mm. favorite artists. Um, a lot of them I don't remember discovering. Like it would have been a song on a mixtape, yeah. which I then just fell in love with the album. Um, but the one I can remember, and which is probably the le- one of the lesser known bands, is Ocean Size. Yeah. One that I, I will always mention because there's not enough people who know who Ocean Size are. <laughs> um, it's actually a pretty funny story. It was once I moved back up to Adelaide, um, my friend Steve and I was playing at a brand new soccer club where we knew no one. It was kind of the first time where we, we ventured out into the, the world of soccer without knowing anyone. There was one connection to Mount Gambia and that was the coach. He used to be from the club we played at in Mount Gambia. But, I mean, I personally didn't know him. He was there. He left before I even got to Mount Gambia. I think Steve may have known him. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was a bit of an older team um, compared to Steve and I who were in our, I don't know, 19. We would have been about 19, Mm. 20. Um, But there was one guy who was only like two or three years older than us and he was like the only other cool guy in the club <laughs> so we kind of like we we're like all right we're going to make him our friend and um his name's frank and he's a great guy friendliest guy ever and um as we're doing our warm-up lap frank and steve were running together and frank just asked steve he's like oh you're into music so he's like yeah i'm into music simon's more into music he's the musician he's like oh, all right and they had a little chat about music and then Frank came over to me and he's like, oh, Steve said you're into music. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, what do you listen to? And this was when I was in my prog snob stage. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm into progressive progressive stuff. And he's like, oh, me too. Like, what do you listen to? So me trying to show off, I'm like, oh, at the moment I'm really into Porcupine Tree. But he's like, oh, yeah, they're great. Listen to Ocean Size. And then my mind was blown because he said a band I hadn't heard of. Yeah, yeah. So um, once I got home, I told him, the my other mate who's the singer and guitarist in the band I'm currently in I'm like well, apparently we've got to check out this band called Ocean Size because he had internet I didn't yeah. have internet <laughs> so I'm like check him out you know if they're good burn me an album yeah he liked them and he burned me uh all three of their albums at that point and he's like yeah you got to check them out and so I put on uh the album Frames which is out of the three was like the third album. Yeah. Like I didn't start at the beginning. I started at where they were at that point in time. And it starts off with a, a song called Com- Commemorative 9-11 T-shirt. Jesus. <laughs> it sounds bad, but it's actually because the song's split into a time signature of nine and then they change it to a time signature of 11s. But um, it was a, it was an inside joke to the band. But anyway... um. It's it's a fairly long song. I'm not sure how long it is, but it's um, it just builds. It starts off real nice and quiet, and it builds and builds and builds, and then it hits the pinnacle, and then the second song starts. And so this was when I used to put music on to go to sleep. I'd put it on, and I'd always fall asleep before the second song kicked in. <laughs> but I, I always loved it. But because yeah. it was so hypnotizing, I would just 
like fall asleep within a couple minutes. Mm. So I hadn't actually listened to the album, but I was like, oh yeah, they, they're good. I could tell they were good. And then I remember Elian just kept bugging me, like, have you listened to it? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I keep, yeah, I'm getting there. And then I kind of forced myself to listen to it. And then I was just like, these guys are the greatest band in the world. Yeah. And I maintain that. Yeah. So. I mean, they're pretty good. I'm not going to deny that. They're incredible. <laughs> they're incredible. See. So when, when was. Uh, see, for me, like, I didn't actually know they were my favorite band at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's how it starts. And like. For me, it was actually hearing "There There" by Radiohead. Go on, Radiohead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good choice. Yeah, I mean, like, I could pick between a couple. It'd be either them or Massive Attack, but like, I, I, I you get, I think it was like a Triple J Hottest One Hundred. Yeah. And you kind of just hear it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. This is kind of fun, enjoyable, but I didn't actually kind of realize how much. I liked that. Like that's the first time I actually heard them. Was well, didn't realize how much I actually kind of liked Radiohead until I actually got. Uh, so year twelve for me in two thousand and five. I was at a boarding school, Hamilton, Victoria. This is again where I've met my mates that I went and saw Placebo with. I only did year twelve there, so I was you know coming to the school brand new. I, this is my fourth high school because my family moved around a bunch. So I was at that point, I was just like middle fingers to the air. I don't give a shit. If you want to be my mate, be my mate. If not, I don't give a fuck. I kind of like, so I made some friends in the boarding house because I was a boarder. I, and so they kind of introduced me to a bunch of things. That's again, the first time I heard a perfect circle. Yeah. Really the first time I really delved into massive attack, into Radiohead, um, into Muse, all these things, like all this like music starts coming through to me there. And we did, I was in, you know, you play music with a band. So we did a couple of songs, but like we did, um, uh, street spirit. Um, it's probably, that'd be up there for one of my favorite radio ad songs. Yeah. Um, the national anthem. Great song. Another good song. Um, I mean, you're not going to say a bad song really. But no, <laughs> no, but like it was around that time. Like, you know, I was playing again, playing bass for these songs. And I was kind of just like, I really just like this music. Mm. I really just like Tom York. Yeah. I think he's, you know, and again, you know, I've always been a fan of like trying to find either music videos or clips of them doing things. And I found a clip of them doing Idiotech on Saturday Night Live. And... Oh, they play SNL. I'm fairly certain it was SNL. Yeah. I knew it was something, it was a big American thing. Yeah. And I just remember watching... um. Who's the lead guitarist or the effects guy? Jo- Shit. Greenwood. Yeah. So he was like doing things like with a, uh, like an amp stack and just moving chords around, creating all these, you know, just, dis- uh, distortion sounds. And I was like, this is fucking sick. Mm. Now I need to get more of this. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like when I kind of really got into Radiohead mm. and that grew more and more until, you know, I now have a Radiohead tattoo. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, there, there was the introduction yeah. and I liked it, but it wasn't until, you know, that year 12 period that I was just like, yeah, no, nah, these, these guys are real good. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, I'd say it'd be the same for me in any of my favorite artists that, I mean, it takes time. I don't think I've had, I don't think I've had a band that's 
just I've heard one song or I've had one playthrough mm-hmm. of the album, for instance, and then just gone, well, these are the greatest guys <laughs> ever. Like, I mean, Ocean Size, like I just said, I've worked. I worked to get there to like him and then every time I listen to it, yep. you know, you discover something new, which is the exact same with Radiohead. Yeah. Radiohead took me years and I never, I never not liked a song. I just... Bands like that are a bit of work to yeah to get through. Same same again for Massive Attack. Like yeah. I, heard, I heard Angel and that song still today. Like as as Radiohead might be my all time favorite band. That might be my all time favorite song. Mm. I love that song. And but like you go back and you hear that song. You you listen to the build into it. Then you get into more Massive Attack. And then you get into their albums. And every time you listen to the album, it's something different. You're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, and I think. Uh, what some people don't realize is the heaviness of Radiohead. Yeah, like then no one would describe them as heavy, but the some of the sounds they come up with are pretty heavy. And live, like when we saw them live, yeah. you really feel that. You feel you, the you energy. feel the bass, the energy, and that, that's what they've got. They've got energy. They create many levels mm. in their music, and I think that's what kind of adds to this kind of like heaviness that you're talking about yeah and i think that really really works yeah good pick um now as i said i was during this time is when i was you know i was playing bass in a band when was the first time you picked up a pair of drumsticks well was it or was that your first instrument well interestingly enough uh (laughs) my so neither of my parents are musical they they both like music but that's about it um my grandparents on my mum's side, uh, who are from England, mm-hmm. uh, both uh, graduated from the London University of Music in violin and piano, and I'm not sure which one played which, but um, they used to bust out the violin and piano every now and then, and I'm pretty sure granddad showed me how to play like maybe happy birthday or twinkle twinkle little star or just something yeah. like that on the piano. So that was probably the first time I, I played an instrument. I didn't consider myself a musician or playing an instrument till nearly year 12. But the first time I picked up a pair of drumsticks was year eight. Yeah. So go to high school, you have to do music as a lesson. You get, you know, you play guitar, you play bass, you play keys and then you play drums. And, you know, I was okay at keys for someone who doesn't play keyboards. Guitar was fine, but guitar I found a bit too fiddly with my hands. Bass was fine. Like, I was okay at that. Drums, I was decent at. Um, I I mean, for me, I put it down to just being athletic and being able to, you know, playing sports my whole life. I was coordinated. And the drums are a physical instrument. And I was like, yeah, that, that's all fine. Don't care. Don't want to be a musician. And um, when it came to choosing my year nine lessons, um, at my high school, they split up the lessons into categories. So, like, you had the arts, you had maths, you had science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to pick a certain amount from each one for yep. year nine. And I had some left in the arts. And uh, my music teacher at the time, a guy named Mr. Ramsey, uh was like, I think you should take up drums. And I was like, I don't have a drum kit. Like, I'm not a drummer. I don't really yeah. care if I am. And he's like, no, like, you know, I, I saw something there. I think you should take them up. 
And I was like, all right, well, it was an easy lesson. I get to talk about music. Like, I was yeah. into music. Yeah. Like, you know, that was that was corn and freaking Limp Biscuit and yeah. all that shit at that time. So I was into music. So I was like, oh, it's fine. I get to talk about music. I might understand songs better. I might be able to, <laughs> you know, play a corn song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wicked. That was it. And then, um, I, you know, I'd done it in year nine and I was like, year 10, yep, choose it again. Piss easy lesson. And then they had their first ever drum scholarship. And um, my drum teacher, well, my drum teacher, my music teacher, again, Mr. Ramsey, was like, you should enter because you had to enter yourself, apply for it. I was like, I'm not a drummer, you know. And, now, you know, I met other drummers in the school who had been playing drums their whole life. And, yeah. you know, some of them were better than me. Some of them I was kind of equal to. And then you had, you know, you know, people who were still learning. So I was like, ah, you know, I'm just in the pack, whatever. And he's like, nah, seriously, go for it. So I was like, all right, I went for it and then I won it. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So like, I, that's when I got my first proper drum kit. I had like a kind of just a shitty secondhand, no name brand drum kit yeah. at that point. But then I got a proper, proper drum kit and lessons. And even at that point, I was still like, I'm not a drummer. Like I don't have a band. I don't play with anyone. You kept fighting it. I, I did. And it wasn't until, um, which we'll move on to sh- you know, shortly, it wasn't until my first show mm. that I was like, wow, like maybe I am a drummer. Maybe I can play drums good enough to call myself a drummer. It's still something I struggle with today. Yeah. I always see myself as, I mean, I've retired now, but I've always seen myself as a soccer player who played drums, yeah. not a soccer player and a drummer. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's still something I fight with today, but... <laughs> How about yourself? Was bass the first thing you played? So years and years ago, obviously in primary school, mum and dad are like, <laughs> mum and dad are like, you're going to learn piano. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I did it for a term, but the thing was like, I never practiced. And that's the thing, still to, still to this day, I hate practicing. Um, but, and so I did it for a term, learned the basics and then the teacher's like, well, if you're not going to learn, I'm not going to teach you. Uh, not going to practice, I'm not going to teach you. I'm like, all right, cool. Great teacher. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I'm going to teach you, like, really pushing me. And you've got one who's just like, ah, fuck you. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but we, uh, and again, mum and dad are just like, well, we're not going to also pay if you're going to not practice. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Fast forward through to year eight. Again, yeah. I have to play an instrument. I'm like, well, I'll try guitar. Big up, and so I'm on acoustic guitar for some reason. Like, and and I kind of got disenchanted with it because I was like, everyone was playing electric guitar and I was the only one playing acoustic. And it's just like, oh, I'm, this is kind of lame. Ooh, uh, and I kind of tried to get out of it because I was like, again, I was just like, oh, this is kind of shit. Don't really yeah. want to do this. And I had like this, like everyone had these cool electric guitar teachers, you know, teaching yeah. him rock songs. Yeah, here's TNT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got this, you know, lovely old lady teaching me Spanish songs. And was I was it called Flamen- Flamenco? Yeah, um, Flamenco. 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 And I, was, I was like... Flamenco. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was like... Uh, and then she's like, she's like, no, you need you to... You will be better. You, you need to come along. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I did that for... I want to say... Two years or so. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay. But then I was just like, no, I really... I don't know if I really like this. I kind of want to do something a little bit more. I want, and I went to bass. You know, let's just take away two strings because I want to do more. <laughs> um, 
but it was ran- like I kind of never really had lessons. I kind of oh I, no, I had to have lessons in year twelve because I was doing year twelve music. Yep. Um, but like I playing the bass just kind of always felt right, and I've still got my original bass. Yep. Um, I love that thing. You know, it's not the prettiest bass in the world. I covered it in stickers. Yeah. Um, at one point I had a five string bass, but I ended up selling it. Um, but I've always just enjoyed the bass guitar and the sounds that you can make with it. Um, I've always kind of liked being the supporter to, you know, the band. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously the key things are the electric guitar, the singing, you know, those, you know, drums can be, drums and bass kind of go together to support other things. Yeah. Um, but I kind of liked being that person on the side, you know, just just strumming away. Cause, and again, I, I fought it, uh, I fought it in the fact that like, I never wanted to use a pick playing yeah, either guitar or bass. I'm like, I like actually using yeah. my fingers. Um, I like the feel and I like the control. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, the I purist was, would, would love that. Yeah. The like, purist bass players listening. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be Cliff Burton, you know, <laughs> I wanted to use my fingers, you know, Rob Torello is yeah. the end up becoming, um, uh, you know, Les Claypool. Yeah. Those type of basses that, you know, use their, use their fingers to create the sounds. And, you know, I played a few odds and ends here and there, but I just always loved bass. Mm. And I think, I think it's a very underrated instrument. Like people go, I mean, singers, the vocal point of a band mm. that's the human connection usually yeah. guitarists are the ones who are usually shredding yeah drummers are the loudest yeah but if you get a good bassist in a band you can create certain elements to a bass will create certain elements to the song like you can create funk yeah you can create drive yeah you can create like ambiance with it mm. um the bass can really do all that as well as you know you know, just kind of in a punk band, just being, you know, just kind of yeah. Like but I mean, uh, it, they they can help with the intensity, yeah, as well. Exactly. Um, so the bassist in my band has another band called Still They Slept, and it's just him playing bass and a drummer, and he does like a lot of uh, looping, and he builds up like this yeah. big atmosphere, and like it's a, it's amazing what you can do with the bass like it's mm-hmm. still this it's you can do as much as a guitar yep. it's just in a different frequency that's what a lot of people don't realize yeah but um a bass is completely underrated yeah. instrument for sure what about speaking on that you talked about in your um just kind of discovering that maybe you are a drummer what was your first stage experience uh well my first stage experience um Apart from doing like my my music class performances, because yeah. that was them all the time. The first kind of real on stage experience was uh, it was at it was at school, and it was with uh, the guitarist and singer of my current band, yep, and an old friend of ours called Tom, yep. Uh, we performed at lunchtime at the side of the library facing the courtyard. <laughs> It was one of those ones we were like, we we want to play a set. Yeah. Music teacher's like, sick. I'll set it all up for you. Um, so, yeah, I I left school 
uh, I think, term one, end of term one of uh, year 12. Yeah. So it was like, it was the week I was leaving. And um, so it was your farewell gig. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I had some friends rock up from the one of the other high schools. <laughs> 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 they just rocked up at lunchtime and watched. God damn it, uh, Mac yeah, I know. Good on Mac Um, But yeah, that, that band would actually go on to be my first ever original band. Yeah. About a year after this. So we played that one and then a year Bliss later. And ignorance. Bliss and Ignorance. Um, but yeah, at that, that high school show, we played... Uh, it was all covers. We played like Muse, Jeff Buckley, I think a bit of a perfect circle, some Nirvana maybe. Yeah. So it was just, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I remember the, the only thing I really remember of it was um, that we actually pulled a crowd. Like heaps of the students watched because we went to the school. Like you yeah. remember how you used to get like those Catholic or Christian bands that used to do tours. Remember yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then they'd rock I up. I remember seeing a couple. Of and those. then like they'd like play one song, and you'd be like, "Oh, they're okay." And then they'd like preach, and you'd be like, "Up, oh, out," yeah. and then like you'd walk off. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think it was pretty much probably because yeah, everyone knew us. But the one thing I do remember was um, <laughs> we played. It was like concrete. And the drums were set up on the drum, the concrete. There was no <laughs> rug underneath. And every time I hit the kick drum, the, the kick drum would creep forward. So uh, a friend, I think of ours, Brett Hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, planted himself in front of the kick drum, just sat against with his back against the kick drum. Good old and, Brett Hockey. Yeah, and, he, and, you know, he's a solid bloke. So he yep. sat up against there and he, he didn't watch. He just felt the the whole show i guess and then um yeah afterwards he was like yeah i think i'm deaf <laughs> i was like fucking i'm not, not surprised no, <laughs> not surprised at all so how about yours when was your first on stage experience so being that i did a lot of drama and whatnot through school end up doing school musicals oh yeah first one where i actually had to kind of like wasn't just a chorus type dude was actually year 11 at this school in Bendigo. I played, I don't know how well you know the musical Cabaret. Nah. Yeah. There's an old Jewish guy in it. Mm-hmm. And in that, I had two duets and a solo. Ooh. And I had to sing. Wow. I need to, I'll, was it filmed? They film all these. Was it filmed? This is in 2004. They filmed them? Yeah, if you can... 2004 was still the future for the 90s. <laughs> like, we had... <laughs> we had so, if you can find it, God bless you. I'm fucking digging. <laughs> I need to hear... I need to hear... What? Look... What's that? 16, 17-year-old Josh singing? Yeah. Yeah, I need to hear it. Yeah. I need to hear it. Let's be honest. It wasn't great. <laughs> I was singing at some point... One of the songs is you have to sing about how... Because it's based around like wartime in, with the Jews and Nazis, and they're talking about how pineapples are a precious commodity. So I have to sing about how this old Jewish woman, <laughs> who's the love of my life, is like a pineapple to me. Um, sing some other song. Uh, look, like my parents and my brothers still give me grief to this day over it as well. They called me up like a couple of months ago. They're just like, "What? What was that fruit you were singing about in?" 
<laughs> the place, and I was like, it's a pineapple. Your next tattoo needs to be a pineapple. I am not getting a ne- No. <laughs> so that's like the first like real stage experience. And like, I remember being nervous as all get up. Oh, you, you know? would have been. You, yeah. Did you, did you, apart from like, why were you singing? Like, that's I just auditioned f- for it. To, to sing, so and you, also you were like, like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing." I was doing so. I was in year eleven at that point. I was doing year twelve drama. Yep. Um, and it was kind of like a not a not requirement, a yeah. but like they're like, "You really should do this because it's kind of helps your VCE." And I was like, "Oh, okay, right. I guess I will." Um, so that was kind of like my thing. It's just like, well, I kind of. Kind of got to do it. And I was also doing, you know, I was doing year 11 music. It's all kind of tying together. And the teacher was just like, in, in, I mean, like, I'm not a strong singer. Mm-hmm. The only thing I consistently sing well is, is Tenacious D these days. <laughs> <laughs> and I belt out Tenacious D. Yeah. But like back then I was just like, you know, there's 16 year old Josh singing about, yeah, pineapple. <laughs> but I did it. So, I got up on stage. So you've said that you... You played a bit of uh, piano, a bit of guitar, a bit yeah. of bass, yeah. but your first on-stage experience was singing. Yes. It wasn't playing an instrument. No. Wow. No. I mean, I, I've i sung on stage. Yeah. Um, That was in Blissed Ignorance. Yeah. When we'd do a cover. Yeah. Um, I yeah, sung I, a couple, but... I didn't really start because I... Never really played in a band. Like, like you do music performances for your yeah, classes. Yeah, yeah. But I never played, like, on stage in front of someone until, like, year 12. Yeah, you didn't set up a, a show. and No. And, like, even still then, it was just, like, you know, just cover stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did play, in year 12, we did play um, Stockholm Syndrome by Muse yep. as part of... We somehow convinced our drama teacher for the perform for the musical of um jesus christ superstar that we should play stockholm syndrome and so <laughs> don't uh, don't ask me how we convinced him to do it but we did it and that was great fun i fucking love playing bass for that that was great um imagine if you convinced them to do uh thoughts of a dying atheist <laughs> okay cross that mind but it it I never really played on bass, bass in front of anyone. Ah, wow. Until like, yeah, you're 12 a year or so later. Um, wow. Now, I suppose like to finish it all off, we've we've established these experiences that we've had and we've both got kids. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to seeing our kids develop. Our kids are growing every day. They're annoying us every day. But like mine are learning piano at the moment. Yep. Um. But is there a moment where, you know, in our the young stages of our kids' lives that you've had a moment where you just realise that your kids kind of maybe even recognise your music or you've noticed them starting to enjoy the music you like? Um, yeah, well, there's, t- there's kind of two. There's um, the first time she recognised a song that wasn't like a Wiggles or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And um, so my daughter's name is Evie. Mm-hmm. And I got the, well, we got the idea for the name from the song Evie by Stevie Wright. Yep. I'm a big Easy Beats fan, so I like <laughs> Stevie Wright. Um, yeah. And 
when she was old enough to understand, I told her and showed her, you know, this song's called Evie. Well, these three songs are called Evie. I played it to her. And she obviously liked it because of the chorus. And Evie, Evie. Um, so, yeah, she, I showed it to her and she kind of, oh, you know, that's cool. And then um, that's talking about playlists earlier. That's on my family playlist for family barbecues and that. Yeah. And one day I just put that on and just put it on shuffle and that, that song came on. And, you know, before he even started singing, Evie walked over and goes, this is Evie. I went, oh, it is Evie. She's like, I like this song. And then she was dancing along and singing along. And I was like, oh, she's, she's into like music music. She's not into, you know, hot potatoes and stuff. And then um, the other time was uh, I was explaining to her where I was going every Monday night, which is the night we our band rehearses. I said, oh, Daddy plays drums. He's in a mm. band. He plays music. And she's like, oh, okay. And then I was like, this is, this is our songs. And I showed her, I can't remember what song, but I showed her some of our songs. She's like, I like these songs. And then... Um, it was probably only a couple of days later. She's like, Dad, I want to hear your songs. I was like, oh, okay. And so I'd put on the songs and um, it was the same thing. I mean, she doesn't know the words, but she'd like kind of hum along and nod along. And then, um, yeah, so I'd be like, oh, well, how about this song? And then I would put on, I'd just start randomly putting on songs I like. So like I'd put on, one that sticks out actually is Daft Punk. Um mm-hmm. Uh, around the world yeah and she like she loves that song and then i'd be like all right cool so we'll go to the next song and then it's kind of become this game now where i was like i'll put on any playlist no matter how heavy or alternative or weird it is i'll put it on and i'll be like do you like this song now do you like this song yep all right cool she likes freaking i don't know she likes coherent and cambria or someone like that and so it's like all right and then so yeah it's um it's really cool to to see a react yeah positively to to music i um so as i kind of mentioned the other week when we we're talking about the covers i play um the like a version albums uh a bunch in the car and i'll always have one of their one of those albums playing um mainly because i don't have a bluetooth device so i i either play music off my phone or just play the like a version cds um years ago it'd be oh Probably about four or so years ago, I was playing um, uh, Number One Dads to a cover of FK Twigs um, uh, Two Weeks, mm-hmm. um, which has the line in it, um, higher than a motherfucker think of you as my lover or something like that. Yeah. And it's a really, really awesome cover. Um, but I was listening to it in the car and like, you know, Scarlett's still kind of not really listening, but I kind of just like hear her not singing it, but kind of like mumbling the tune. And I was like, oh, you're really actually starting to pay attention to these things. That's awesome and concerning. Let's not let your mother find out. Um, but like, it's been interesting to kind of watch my kids like uh, discover some of my music because they do like quite a lot of the like versions. Yeah, There's certain ones that they always get me into repeat, like um, DZ Death Rays do... Rock Lobs yeah, and um, Love Shack. Love Shack, that's it. Um, which is awesome. And then they've listened to a lot of that. They've also discovered things like The Bedroom Philosopher and his <laughs> song, um, I'm So Postmodern. Yeah. They love that song because, they, you know, the 
the line, um, uh, go to job interviews. I don't know. Send up to we at, so no, send up to poo at job interviews. And they find that the most hilarious things. <laughs> but like my kids are starting to discover those little, like fine little songs. And occasionally like they'll, I'll hear them singing along with it. Um, Elliot quite likes dead mouse. Um, he will be like, he, he's just like, is this an instrumental with a little bit of singing? I'm like, yeah, it's an instrumental with a little oh, yeah. bit of singing. Um, or this, no, I'm like, no, this is just a normal instrumental. Um, but it's been awesome to kind of watch them like, and hear them start to things. I know my, um, their mum is getting them into like the classic rock, which I think, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, she, their mum's a big fan of Queen and, oh, yeah. um, Rolling Stones. Yep. Uh, all those classic bands. And so she, they're, they're playing those songs on their drives around town. Uh, and to school and whatnot. And so I know that my kids are getting a very, very, very broad music taste. And yeah. I'm like, that's that's cool. And then, you know, if they still like hearing Frozen over and over again, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my my partner, Rachel, uh, has a wildly different um, musical taste to what I do. Um, hers is more narrow because there are things she listens to that I like but it's yeah. hers is very modern rap mm. and R&B um, so yeah Evie listens to that and there's songs of that she likes but what we started doing at home is because we've got a smart TV um, I put on YouTube and I'll I've got a couple of playlists on YouTube of uh, of, of just songs and performances I like like majority of them live ones and there's a few of them that uh, Evie really likes in the boys, and um, the she's actually just started recently asking if she can go to a concert. So I'm actually really excited because last time I saw Tool at the Entertainment Center, uh, we were standing kind of near the sound desk, and this dad walked in with it looked like his two sons and his daughter, and he you know one of the sons was a bit older he was kind of like you know 10 maybe yeah and then the next one was like seven and then the daughter was like <laughs> the youngest yeah so like the seven-year-old and the daughter probably were like you know what what's going on here the 10-year-old clearly wanted to be there but he was like screw it i'll bring them all and he had you know he had the the little son sitting up on the the barricade around the sound desk and then he had like the daughter he just put up on his shoulders and I remember thinking, like, that's going to be cool. Yeah. To bring Evie to, like, her first rock concert, whatever it may yeah. be, um, to see her just experience it. Because it's crazy. Like, I remember a lot about the Drowning Pool show, but I don't remember the fear. <laughs> like, I don't remember that, yeah. like, you, you don't get to have many firsts. Yeah. So it'd be good to see her have her first. Yeah. like her first concert so i think that's yeah kind of to put the bow on it it's like we're now at the stage where we don't have many more firsts no. out there oh what was your first kiss my first kiss yeah it was a sock no <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that's salty as no i'm <laughs> <laughs> nah no nah, i'm not gonna say yeah fair enough 
I mean, it was at Mulgar Street. It was in primary school. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, mine was in primary school. Yeah. Uh, you do wish, but you know, we won't go into details. We won't say who. Yeah. We'll I thought, I thought we, we might as well just bring it up. <laughs> anyway, still waiting for my first love. So, but it's like we're now looking at the point of our kids and their first experiences. Yeah. And it's so kind of so exciting to be involved in that. Yeah, it is. It's totally exciting. Um, you know, I got to, we've got video of Evie. Um, that drum kit that I got for my scholarship, yep. I kept all the way up until, you know, after Evie was born yep. and, uh, I sold it. And when we were taking photos of it to sell, I had it set up and she was like, can I have a hit? And I was like, sure. Set her up. She had a bang and she loved it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely cool to try and, uh, to try and coerce your kids into yeah. <laughs> into like, yeah, it's been, yeah it's been, you it's, like this metal. Yeah, it's 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 fun to kind of like see my kids go off and do piano lessons and like from where my kids were like you know just banging on random instruments doing like jungle music as yeah. it was at this school to now my daughter being able to play like chords and progressions yeah. and all those sorts of things. I'm like, wow, this is fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. All right, so. Please, by all means, contact us uh, and tell us your first. Now, obviously, leave out let's, all the leave out all the juicy details. Let's go as specific. Let's let's know. Let us know what your first album was. Yeah, first or album. first single, whichever one. Yeah, I think that's always an interesting one to see. It's like, where did you start your journey? Yeah. Um, but of course, you can do that through uh, ultraofnoise at gmail dot com. Um, quickly uh, with with that as well. Mm-hmm. Feel free to send suggestions for topics to talk about. Yeah, by all means. Um, if there's anything you're really interested in hearing us yeah. prattle on about. We, we we've were, got we've got a lot of ideas, yeah. but um we want to know God yours. knows if they're good or not. So <laughs> you, you might as well get the listeners to to suggest some stuff. By all means, more than happy to. And we would we'd love to get some questions in. We'd love to be able to do a mailbag of sorts and discuss, you know, a variety of different topics. Sam's mailbag, but less racist. <laughs> Far less racist. <laughs> Um, but of course, and obviously today is the last day to vote. Yes. Last day to vote for the South Australian Music Awards. It will close at 9am. So you've got like three hours from when this drops. So I hope you're you're (laughs) one of those people that gets it first thing in the morning. Yep. Uh, if not, you know, I appreciate, we certainly appreciate, we've had feedback that a lot of people have voted and that's awesome. We really do appreciate that. Um, so of course those choices again were people's choice for experimental, which was Aya. Aya. Uh, people's choice for punk, which was Chelsea Manor from our hometown of Mount Gambia. Yep. People's choice for hip hop, which was the low light plains. And of course, Simon's band who he's too, you know, humble to mention, but, uh, is, uh, the unset under people's choice for rock. Yep. And I've actually, uh, the other three bands have reached out to us and, thanked us for for it um yeah if you haven't yet even if you've missed out on voting just go go check them out because they're all quality they're yeah. all very good quality yeah we wouldn't be mentioning them if we you know didn't believe in what they did no we wouldn't um of course you can always check out simon's most recent blog uh at nepenthe uh, facebook.com slash nepenthe blog um check me out on twitch at twitch.tv slash mad dog and we will be back next week with another fun-filled episode. 
We will be. I'm specifying the word fun. Yep. Um, but until then, of course, always stay safe and we will see you in the next episode. Ciao.